Oh, the sounds of fall. Although we're not quite to fall, the sounds of college football season for sure are back with us. Hello and welcome to the first Y'all Kickoff Show for the 2021 season. This show powered by Y'all.com. It is the South's homepage, and I'll be with you as your host for the next hour. My name is John Rawl. Thank you for tuning us in on great stations across the Southeast. And boy, do we have an exciting debut for the 2021 season. First off, let me first say welcome in, and boy, it is great to be back with you. We've been doing this show for a number of years, but 2019 was such an unusual, well, 2020 was such an unusual football season that we weren't even sure that we're going to have a college football season, and our planning and production was all out of whack. So for those of you who've missed us, we're back, and we're going to be here throughout the entire fall getting you set for each of Saturday's big football games as we focus not on college football but on Southern college football. That's exciting. And then the return before we get out of here in this Y'all Kickoff Show Hour, Power Hour of College Football, Power Hour of Pigskin Prognostications. We got General Gridiron making his appearance for the first time this fall, and General Gridiron is going to put a humorous take on all of the college football action going on this weekend. And then we wrap it up later in the hour with one more glance at what's going on as far as kickoff times and TV networks and more. All that right here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. If you want to connect to us, our number is 803-816-1170. That's a number you can text at your leisure, 803-816-1170. And don't forget that you can find this, the Y'all Kickoff Show, and its sister show, the Y'all Show, which is three hours of Southern conversation each and every day. All of those shows are found on great podcast options like Spotify, the Apple Podcast option on TuneIn, the app there for TuneIn. You also can find us on Stitcher and Apple Podcast. I think I didn't say that one earlier. Plus at y'all.com, the South's homepage. All right, one quick kind of nod to the coaches and AP Top 25 as we get ready for the start of the season. And a recap, if you haven't checked it out lately, Alabama, your consensus number one. In the coaches poll, Clemson's actually at number two, while the Sooners of Oklahoma enter the season in number two in that position of the AP Top 25, while the Tigers of Clemson are in the third slot. Ohio State is the consensus number four. Georgia is five. Texas A&M is six. And then Iowa State checks in at seven on the AP side, while Notre Dame's at seven in the coaches poll. At number eight, the Cincinnati Bearcats in the AP, where Iowa State checks in at that position in the coaches poll. Number nine is Notre Dame in the AP, followed by 10, North Carolina. North Carolina is at nine in the coaches poll. What a great job Mac Brown's done. We'll talk about the Tar Heels as we go throughout the fall as they've got a big challenge here uh, on this, of course, season set up and what a way they had to start with a conference road game against Virginia Tech. Also, teams of note in the South in terms of the polls, Florida is as high as 11. The Gators are 11 in the coaches poll. They are 13 in the AP poll. The Miami Hurricanes check in at 14. They're 16 in the coaches poll. 
LSU, Ed Orgeron's team, which starts out on the left coast this weekend with a game against UCLA. The Bayou Bengals, 16 in AP. They are number 13 in the coaches' poll. And then the Texas Longhorns, Coach Sarkeesian in his first year, he's got his horns entering the season 21 in AP. The coaches give the Sark the Sark man a lot more love. Texas is 19 in the coaches' poll. And then we get down to the back of the top 25. How about the Chanticleers? They're number 22, Coastal Carolina. 23, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, 23 there. And they're 23 in the coaches' poll as well. Coastal Carolina checks in at 24 in the coaches' poll. And then the only other Southern teams in the coaches' poll worth pointing out that don't appear in the AP Top 25, you got Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are 22 in the coaches' poll. And then the Mississippi Landsharks, Lane Kiffin's team, just ekes in with Matt Corral behind center this fall for the guys from Oxford, they're 25th in the coaches' poll. That's a quick kind of reminder of where we are entering the gates of this college football season. All right, let's talk about what's on tap. If you want to tune in and go ahead and set your VCRs, get that VHS tape a rolling come Saturday, oh, around lunchtime. It's going to start off with a game that, frankly, I was looking forward to seeing this one played in New Orleans. It was supposed to be played at Yulman Stadium. Number two, Oklahoma has had a schedule change this week, and they've had to rush and get their Memorial Stadium surface ready because the game has been moved, their game against Tulane scheduled for New Orleans because of Hurricane Ida's impact on the Big Easy. This game's going to be now in Norman, Oklahoma and Tulane together, and that's going to be a 12 Eastern, 11 o'clock Norman and New Orleans time kick on ABC. I hope the Sooners will be able to schedule in the Green Wave at some point and get back to the Big Easy for a game there. I know a lot of Sooners fans were looking forward to the fun road trip to Louisiana and seeing this game played in the city of New Orleans. Unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be this year with the hurricane just passing through. And as far as I know, the biggest problem around the Tulane campus is a a lack of electricity. I I haven't heard or seen anything about severe damages or loss of life. That's a a blessing. But unfortunately, the Green Wave having to hit the road for this game. By the way, they hit the road right before the hurricane came. Tulane rode out Hurricane Ida in Birmingham this week and practiced before getting on a plane and heading to the Sooner State. There's a top 20 matchup going on in the Big Ten this weekend. Number 19, Penn State, has packed its bags and have headed off to camp, but not necessarily to summer camp. The Penn State Nittany Lions are taking on number 12, Wisconsin, at Camp Randall Stadium. That game's set for Fox, and it'll be your lunchtime game in the Big Ten. Also this weekend, you've got a Louisiana Monroe team heading into the Bluegrass. Kroger Field is where you'll find the Kentucky Wildcats kicking it off against the Warhawks. That game set for the SEC Network, high noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Also, you've got a kind of glancing around at some of the various games going on in college football. We'll get more detailed as we go along. You also have going on a game in Arlington, Texas. How about this game? I was a little surprised to see Stanford coming all the way to the central part of the country to play a game against a team out of the Big 12, but that's what's happening this weekend as the Cardinal 
taking on the Kansas State Wildcats at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. This game's going to be a FS1 telecast starting at 12 noon, 11 central on Saturday. A big game going on in Atlanta for Georgia State fans. Remember how cool it was for Panther fans to get that win early in the season a couple of years ago when they beat Tennessee on Rocky Top? Well, this year, they've got the Army Black Knights marching into Atlanta. ESPNU will be broadcasting this game. It's your early game, again, on Georgia State's newly christened stadium there. And i got to get this stadium name correctly because it's, it's rather lengthy here. So let me not butcher it. It is now called Center Park Stadium, the former Olympic Stadium, which turned into Turner Field, which then turned into Georgia State Stadium, and now it's called Center Park Stadium. That is a, I think it's a teacher's credit union located in the Atlanta area, and they've got the naming rights for the stadium there, and that is where you'll find Georgia State and Army on Saturday. Also, Rice and Arkansas have a rather early game. This one's going to be one of those premium games. You better have ESPN Plus if you want to check it out. The Hogs and the Rice Owls, old Southwest Comfort foes, they get together at 2 Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. And again, that's a premium plan if you want to see that one in the flesh or if you want to see it on your radio at least or perhaps on ESPN Plus. Also, a big game in Atlanta. How about this one? Number one, Alabama and the Hurricanes of Miami get together for the first time in 28 years. ABC has this one, and it's going to come on right around 3.30, 2.30 Central. This one follows that two-lane Oklahoma opener from Norman. So the cameras will go from Norman to Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You'll find this top 15 matchup of the Tide, the defending national champs, and the Hurricanes in the mid-afternoon slot. Another top 20 matchup out of the Big Ten. The Big Ten Network's going to broadcast number 18, Iowa, hosting the number 17 Tom Allen coach, Indiana Hoosiers. We'll find out if Indiana's magic can continue on for a second straight season. They had a phenomenal 2020 year, although they lost that bowl game in Tampa against Lane Kiffin. We'll find out how good good Indiana is as they get ready for 2021. In the SEC, Mississippi State's got Louisiana Tech coming into Davis-Wade Stadium. That's going to be a mid-afternoon game on ESPNU. Also in the SEC, Missouri's got Central Michigan. That's a SEC network broadcast launching at 4 Eastern, 3 o'clock time. The Pitt Panthers of the ACC have a, have UMass coming. That's going to be on the ACC network starting at 4 Eastern, 3 Central. You have, the as mentioned earlier, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. They're going to be packing their bags and crossing that Sabine River. They've got a matchup. They're number 23. They're taking on number 21, Texas, at DKR Memorial Stadium. That's going to be a Fox Network broadcast. How about that? Way to go, Raging Cajuns. You're on Fox on Saturday afternoon. Way to go, Cajuns. Way to go, Texas. I mean, they've had a regime change in Austin, and now Steve Sarkeesian, it's his program. And we'll find out just how good he's got his team prepared for the season when they welcome in an upstart Raging Cajun team from Lafayette. Also in the SEC, the Auburn Tigers, they'll have to you have to find this one on that ESPN Plus package if you've got it. They've got the zips of Akron zipping on in to Jordan-Hare Stadium for the weekend. 
As mentioned, the Eastern Illinois Panthers, they've already got one game under their belt. They played last weekend. The Panthers now playing in the SEC this weekend as they'll be taking on the Shane Beamer coach South Carolina Gamecocks. That game set for ESPN Plus 7 Eastern Columbia time. Also in Big 12 play, the Texas Tech Red Raiders have a neutral site game at NRG Stadium. They're taking on their old Southwest Conference foe, the Houston Cougars. That game is set for ESPN at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Space City time. How about Bobby Petrino's Missouri State Bears? They're heading over to Stillwater as Boone Pickens Stadium is the site for Missouri State and Oklahoma State. That game is going to be on ESPN Plus as well, starting at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Cowboy Joe's time there in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Baylor's going to be packing their bags. They're actually going down just a couple of miles away. I reckon is where you'll be seeing them. They're going to the Texas State Bobcats campus. And right there is where in San Marcos, the Bears and Texas State have a contest scheduled for 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN+. Also this weekend in Arkansas, love to see this matchup of two teams from within the same state. The Arkansas Red Wolves have the UCA Bears coming in, and UCA has gone in in recent years and defeated Arkansas State. So a little FCS and FBS action taking place in Jonesboro on Saturday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Jonesboro is where you'll find that one. Then it gets real fun in the evening hours as number 5 Georgia – and number three, Clemson, have that prime time game set up for ABC. Oh, it's going to be a classic from Bank of America Stadium. Make sure you don't miss a single play when these two long-hated rivals get a chance to get back on the field and play each other, something they don't do all that often since one's an SEC, one's an ACC member. But it's going to be a Southern great ball game for sure between the Dogs and the Tigers of Clemson. The Florida Gators have FAU coming in for a Saturday evening contest. Elsewhere, you have an interesting in-state matchup because this team, the Tribe, have gone in and defeated the Virginia Cavaliers in the past. It's UVA hosting William & Mary Saturday evening on ESPN3. Kent State is at Texas A&M Saturday evening. East Tennessee State, the Bucks head to Nashville where Clark Lee and his Vanderbilt Commodores await a game that's going to be televised on ESPN Plus starting at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock West End time. Southern Miss makes a very short road trip. They're going to be going over to Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile. The South Alabama Jaguars await. That's an 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mobile time kick there. Also, kudos to this team. I didn't even know they were playing FCS football. Duquesne, the Dukes are going to be in Fort Worth this team out of Pittsburgh, they're going to be taking on the TCU Horn Frogs on the ESPN Plus platform starting at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Fort Worth time. And then another great game, this is going to be on Fox, the LSU Tigers and all that they've had to go through with Hurricane Ida. They're in Los Angeles this weekend. UCLA is the opponent. This game from the Rose Bowl starts at 8 30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and I guess it would be 5.30 California time for all of you listening to us headed to the game in the Rose Bowl. Another game on the left coast, Nevada is at California this weekend. That game televised on FS1 starting at 9 at 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 
Central Time. BYU and Arizona get together on ESPN from Las Vegas Saturday evening. Those are most of your key games going on as far as Saturday goes. And then I want to throw out there this weekend being the opening weekend for college football. You've got a couple of other games taking place on Sunday. How about this matchup from the FBS ranks? Notre Dame ranked in the top 10. The Irish go to Doak Campbell Stadium at Bobby Bowden Field, I believe is what it's called. And, of course, the late coach is going to be honored in a big way. We just lost Bobby Bowden at the beginning of August. And the Florida State Seminoles hosting the Irish. This is an ABC network broadcast starting at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. The Irish and the ACC's FSU Seminoles. And then a super added value bonus taking place this weekend. We've got Monday night football, college football style. The Chick-fil-A kickoff part two. Part one will be Saturday with Miami and the Alabama Crimson Tide facing off against each other. But part two, Monday evening, and that's going to be the Louisville Cardinals. Coach Satterfield's birds fly south, not for the winter, but for Labor Day weekend. And they're going to be taking on a team swimming over from the Grove. It's the Mississippi Land Sharks and Lane Kiffin, his ball club, which was ranked 25th. We told you that earlier, ranked 25th in the coaches' poll. This one ought to be a good one from Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And that one's going to be set for a 8 o'clock Atlanta time, 7 o'clock Grove time between the SEC and the ACC. And that is a basic lineup of what's going on in terms of FBS football here on this Labor Day weekend. It should be a lot of fun. Also want to throw out there that you've got a couple of extra games going on Sunday besides FBS games. You've got the Notre Dame-Florida State Sunday. You also have a few historically black colleges playing. You have Jackson State and FA Florida A&M, FAMU. They're playing at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. That's going to be an ESPN2 broadcast Sunday starting at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central. Also on Sunday afternoon, the Grambling Tigers and the Tennessee State Tigers get together, and that's going to be at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame game. I think that's in Canton, Ohio, where you'll see TSU and Grambling play on the NFL Network. So three different college games taking place on Sunday, two of those three from the FCS ranks with these HBCUs having some fun. Just wanted to make sure we got it all covered here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. We'll take a break. We will come right back here as we get you ready for the big action of this Labor Day weekend. And on the flip side, stay tuned. We're going to hear from a couple of great coaches and one coach-turned-player. And that's South Carolina's brand-new starting quarterback, Zeb Nolan. We'll hear from Nolan, Dabo Sweeney, Mike Leach, and Louisiana Lafayette coach Billy Napier. That's right ahead as the Y'all Kickoff Show continues.
And that, your fight song of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns out of Lafayette. And they're getting ready for a huge opportunity. Billy Napier takes his Cajuns over to Austin. And this is a top 25 matchup. It's number 23, Louisiana Raging Cajuns cooking up a big contest against the number 21 ranked Texas Longhorns. Hello, welcome back into the Y'all Kickoff Show. We're walking through all of the big Saturday, Sunday, and Monday games for you, getting you ready for college football's big opening weekend. The Labor Day festivities get going on the gridiron, and we're very happy to be with you once again on this show powered by y'all.com. It is the South's homepage. So, the Billy Napier coach, Raging Cajuns, they went up to a place called Ames in their first game of 2020. And you know what? They shocked the world. They got a big win over a ranked Iowa State Cyclone team. An Iowa State Cyclone team that, as we know from 2020, marched all the way through a great Big 12 schedule, upset Oklahoma, and ended up playing for the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma and lost to them when it mattered and could have won, I think, their first ever conference championship in maybe 100 years. I think I'm right on that. But they just couldn't get it done. And Oklahoma, I think, has won six or seven straight Big 12 titles. But this is about the Raging Cajuns. And the Raging Cajuns got that big win last year on a weekend where you also saw Arkansas State and the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers all win in their opening games of 2020. Now it's 2021, and there are two Sun Belt teams in the top 25 of college football. The Chanticleers are there, and Louisiana checks in at number 23 in both the AP coaches. The AP and the coaches poll is where you'll find Napier's fellas. So we've got to tell you right now all about this team, and we got to let Billy Napier brag on his team and that is exactly what we're going to do here on the Y'all Show. Here is the Cajuns coach helping us get ready for his team's matchup. And this is going to be on the 40 Acres, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 on Fox. Y'all can all tune in and just see if the Raging Cajuns can cook up another big upset. You know, we've got an incredible opportunity in front of us here. You know, I think we've spent a lot of time. Our message has been kind of owning your role. Um, certainly a lot of people contribute to our team and our organization, not just players, but from a staff, support staff standpoint. Um, the other term that we're using is no opportunity wasted, right? So we want to continue to check the boxes with detail and discipline and effort in terms of how we prepare. We know that good preparation leads to confidence. Uh, and when we're confident, we can play fast, we can play physical, and we can really uh, executed at a high level. We know that. All right, that's Billy Napier, coach of the Raging Cajuns, helping you preview his team's big opportunity at DKR on Saturday afternoon. Now let's go to a team that arguably ought to be competing for a top four spot at the end of the season. This is a team that knows that top four spot all too well. In fact, they've won a couple of national championships in recent years. It's the Dabo Sweeney coached. Clemson Tigers, Clemson and Georgia are your opening weekend matchup at Bank of America Stadium. Top five matchup between, in some polls, the number two ranked 
Clemson Tigers and them dogs and them silver britches. Let's hear Coach Dabo Sweeney talking about this matchup and his 2021 edition of Clemson football. Love the focus of the guys. Good practice. You know, you feel the energy in the air. Guys are excited to go play, and, and uh, it's been a long time coming. And you know, it's just at some point you, you got to go play. And, uh, and so this it was a fun day. It's been a good week. So last day of pads today, uh, out in shorts tomorrow, kind of team strip type day, and then uh, good meetings and walk through on Friday and uh, head up to head up to Charlotte and you know, get ready to play, man. All right, Dabo, sounds like you're going to have your teams ready. And again, you can't underestimate what Coach Sweeney has done in his time in the Eastern uh, Eastern representative of the Death Valley Stadiums of college football. Clemson has one heck of a tradition. And Dabo Sweeney is keeping a big part of that tradition going. That tradition would be winning, and in his case, delivering two national championships under his watch. Incredible what Clemson has done. Now, Mike Leach is the coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. He hasn't quite got MSU to a championship level. He enters his second season at Davis Wade Stadium as the Bulldogs coach, and MSU has... It should be a winnable game for Mississippi State here on this opening weekend. Louisiana Tech is the opponent coming into Davis Wade Stadium, and that game is a game that ought to give Mississippi State fans plenty of hope. ESPNU is the broadcast network. 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central is where you'll find this one. Let's go in and hear from the crusty old ball coach now talking about his Mississippi State football team. Well, I've never had a team where I want them to be. I mean, I always think they can improve, but like, they're excited. Everybody's excited to play. Everybody's excited. It's game week. We've had better, more consistent practices uh, up to this point than we did last year. In terms of Will's preparation, what kind of stands out to you about what he does just to get prepared between his practice? And, and- well, he works extremely hard. You know, he's constantly studying. He's constantly on the film. And then the other thing, it's not just a... You know the film um, blurring along. I mean, he draws quite a bit out of it. He's able to pull quite a bit out of it. You know, uh, some guys will watch film because you know they know they should or they want to, and they know you want them to, but they don't really get much out of it. You know, and uh, and you know his dad's a coach, so I think that's helped him. And that is Mike Leach talking there about Will Rogers. That is the assumed starting quarterback there's a little bit of a question mark heading into this opener it's mississippi state louisiana tech again where the cowbells clang loudly davis wade stadium now they'll be rocking and rolling and williams bryce will be swaying because if it ain't swaying they ain't playing the south carolina gamecocks have a winnable game you would think eastern illinois is the opponent shane beamer has his very first game as a college football head coach scheduled for this one at williams Bryce Stadium, and he's got quite a story there with his football team. The story this week is that the Gamecocks are rolling with Zeb Nolan. Rolling with Nolan, that's going to be the Gamecocks' starting quarterback when Eastern Illinois arrives at the Willie B. Turf. Zeb Nolan, a guy who's played college football for Iowa State, then transferred to North Dakota State, just played back in May for a national championship, lost a heartbreaker to Sam Houston State, thought his career was over, so he goes to South Carolina as a graduate assistant coach. And then after Doty went down with a little bit of an injury in one of the scrimmages, 
Seb Nolan says, you know what? I got one year of eligibility left. I think I want to play college football. And you know what? He has actually earned the spot, the starting spot for this weekend's opening game. Let's hear from the coach turned Gamecock starting quarterback who, while he was at North Dakota State, became the best of friends with a guy named Trey Lance, who is now a starting quarterback of his own in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers. And these old buddies got a chance to talk to each other this week. I'm not sure exactly when they put that out yesterday, like what time. It might have been 11 o'clock because at 11.01 I had a phone call from him. And we were still at practice, so I called him when I got out, and he's just excited. He's like, hey, only thing I'll tell you is you turn your phone off today because you won't enjoy it. And I was like, well, I understand why you got two phones back in college now. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, just stay humble. Who cares what they say in the media, you know, because there's always going to be good and bad things. Um, you know, just go do your job, do what you're asked to do, be a good leader, show up on time. And like I said, uh, my first interview is just go have fun and enjoy it like it's your last. And that's really how I'm approaching it. Like I got, like I got told you guys last week, like I could care less about myself at all. I just want to see this program go in the right direction and wins and loss doesn't matter. And that, again, the Gamecocks' brand-new quarterback, the graduate coach who's now putting that to the side and he's the starting quarterback for Shane Beamer's Gamecocks, Zeb Nolan. What a feel-good story for this start of college football's brand new season. We'll take a break here on the Y'all Kickoff Show when we come back. It's General Gridiron. He's going to have a humorous take on all this weekend action. You're going to enjoy hearing from the old general. He'll get an extra star added to his collar this season. That's coming up next on the Y'all Kickoff Show, powered by y'all.com. Welcome into the bunker of General Gridiron, Field Marshal of Football Forecasting. We're about to map out the way this opening weekend of college football is going to go. Will your favorite team be marching to victory, or will the enemy be taking your battle flag? Yep, college football fans, it's that magical time of year once again. Time to take your mask off for a much-needed respite and clean those Saturday schedules and pack the camper for some tailgating. Welcome back to General Gridiron, Field Marshal of Football Foretelling. Each week, we'll be highlighting the most thrilling, death-defying games of the week. Who's going to have a strong start to their season? And who's going to start the agonizing march to a coaching change? So grab your helmet and man those battle stations. We're ready for the opening week battle plan of General Gridiron's football foretelling. LSU at UCLA. First off, thoughts go out to LSU Nation and all those in the Gulf South affected by Hurricane Ida and its aftermath. The storm forced the crafty Cajuns to sneak out a red stick in the middle of the night and set up shop in Houston this week, prepping for Saturday's Tinseltown throwdown inside the Rose Bowl. Coach O's evacuees need to make the most of this rare LSU sporting event in Cali, or the fiery Cajuns' coach's seat will get super hot. And talking about hot coach's seats, the baby blue Bruins' burly ball coach is down to his last strike. Yes, Chip Kelly's still employed in Westwood. Despite a topsy-turvy week of distractions, the Bayou Bengals from down in Dixie will shine like a Hollywood star thanks to the arm of A-lister Max Johnson. The Generals' victor, LSU. Penn State at Wisconsin. College football's opening salvo includes a top-20 Big Ten jump around at Camp Randall. Quarterback Sean Clifford and his offensive teammates glide from Happy Valley to the Midwest, hoping for a better Big Ten start than what last season featured. 
Coach James Franklin, his team had to learn futility, and they hope 2021's fresh start is as clean and pristine as number 19 Penn State's toilet paper white road unis. Meanwhile, number 12 Bucky Badger's been gnawing and chomping at the bit to get back on the gridiron since totally smashing to pieces the Champions Trophy at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Better keep the hardware away from whiskey this weekend, though, as Paul Chris Varmints are ready to hunt big game from Mount Nittany. The Generals' victor, Wisconsin. Stanford and Kansas State in Arlington, Texas. New Orleans Saints step aside. Saturday morning in Big D, the swirling evergreen trees and the K-Staters take over Jerry World. The NFL Saints had to relocate to AT&T Stadium to practice this week after Hurricane Ida hit the Big Easy. The Brainiacs from the farm and the Purple Felines from the Sunflower State go marching on in for what's sure to be a great game on Fox. David Shaw starts his 11th year guiding the color. As good as his teams have been over the years, Shaw and this team are trending downwards. Stanford's not clinched the Pac-12 North in four years. It'll take another McCaffrey in the backfield running wild for these left coasters to look like champs against a Big 12 K-State club that should feel right at home in Big 12 country. Watch for receiver Malik Knowles to light up the world's largest 1080 pixel video board and bring smiles to those adorned in purple. The Generals victor, Kansas State. Louisville and Mississippi at the Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta. Lane Kiffin's got his Oxonians to 100% on the vaccination curve. Now, the land sharks from Lafayette County hope to stick a needle in the beak of Cardinal Bird and de-wing the ACC representative in front of a national audience tuning in Monday Night Football, College Football Edition. The Sharks and their tatted-up California kid QB can present a fine argument that this team can be a 10-win-plus program this year. And if that happens, Matt Corral for Heisman stickers will be the hottest thing the Grove's seen since Deuce for Heisman vinyls were printed more than 20 years ago. The UofL must silence the SEC's fighting fish, and Coach Satterfield's working overtime with defensive studs Ramon Perrier and newcomer Ashton Gillette to do just that. But bad news, birds, it won't be enough. The Generals' victor, Mississippi. Notre Dame at Florida State. Not sure if Catholics abstain from playing football when they're supposed to be at Mass. Regardless, the Pontiff's going to look the other way Sunday night when the Irish put on their Sunday best and head on down to the Bobby Bowden Tabernacle of college football. Since the conclusion of last season, the Irish have annulled the ACC after a one-year fling, and the Knowles have lost their greatest coach and one of college football's greatest ambassadors, Robert Kleckler Bowden. There will be numbness inside the dope when Osceola throws his spear into the turf, but the sorrow of losing Coach Bowden will turn into absolute grief when the Garnet and Gold throng realize Brian Kelly's altar boys are lighting up the scoreboard and making this opener one worth seeking redemption. The General's victor, Notre Dame in a blowout. Still to come on this opening week college football forecast. A pair of ACC versus SEC battles also happens to feature teams in the top 20 playing on neutral ground. Alabama meets Miami and Atlanta, while Clemson and old rival Georgia get it on in Charlotte. Who wins? Keep it here. General Gridiron will be right back with the answers. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. 
Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Howdy, soldiers. This is General Gridiron back with you. Each week, this fabulous football forecast is heard on some of the finest radio stations all over the Southland, including in Hartwell, Georgia, WKLY AM 980 and 104.1 FM, Lake Hartwell's radio home since 1947, and the voice of the Hart County Bulldogs. And The River, KFYN FM 104.3 in Paris, Texas. We appreciate all of our radio affiliates. Now, let's get back into the football fight. Indiana at Iowa. Another top 20 Big Ten battle this Labor Day weekend. Fresh off an amazing 2020 season, the IU football team enters the 2021 starting gate rank number 17. As stunning as last year's success was, it's even more eye-popping that Tom Allen didn't get scooped up elsewhere in the offseason. Allen guides his band of mascot-less marauders to Iowa City looking for the kind of Big Ten start last season featured. But bad news, Tommy boy. Number 18 Iowa doesn't want to give you the Cinderella slipper you enjoyed wearing most of the wacky, shortened COVID-19 season. Kirk Ferentz, now in his 22nd year coaching Herky the Hawk, has somehow survived the woke cancel culture mob coming after his head. And if you can do that, the general ain't about to bet against you. The general's victor, Iowa. Alabama and Miami in the Atlanta Chick-fil-A kickoff. Hard to believe, but the last time these two college football hitmakers faced off, January 1st of 1993, when the Gene Stallings coach Crimson Tide upset the top-ranked U for Bama's first natty in 13 years. Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium is the venue where this ACC versus SEC clash reignites. Coach Nick Saban and his million-dollar quarterback, seriously, Bryce Young, is worth a million big ones, minimum. They truck over to the ATL for the Tide's latest Chick-fil-A kickoff appearance. Manny Diaz's high-velocity swirling thunderclouds ain't really in awe of the big-money QB or the defending national champs from T-Town. The U wants a whole lot of those free original chicken sandwiches and some positive publicity on this trip north. So the Canes already know it'll be Big Al's boys wearing that goofy old leather football helmet thingy when the final bell tolls. The General's victor, Alabama. Texas Tech and Houston meet up on neutral ground in Houston. Although both of these schools once belonged to the once mighty Southwest Conference, since the mid-90s, these two Texas institutions on opposite ends of the Lone Star have only played a handful of times. Saturday's meetup is the first time since 2018, a 63-49 Red Raider <coughs> defensive masterpiece. This Texas kickoff inside NRG Stadium will be a primetime affair on ESPN. U of H has spent a whole lot of dough to lure Dana Holgerson away from WVU, and back-to-back season records of 4-8 and eight followed by 3-5 and five is not exactly getting it done in Space City. Raider Red rides in from the West on a mission of making Houston even more irrelevant than they already are. Double T's bell will be ringing, and the big city cats' chance of jumping up to Big 12 play will be a distant hope. The Generals' victor, Texas Tech. Louisiana Lafayette at Texas. Y'all might not have realized one of the opening weekend's rare top 25 clashes would be on the 40 acres, and it would feature the homestanding Longhorns against the Raging Cajuns from Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. Billy Napier's army of angry Acadians are ranked number 23 as a new dawn arrives. And going into hostile Big 12 territory and pulling the shocker is old habit for Jake DeLongue. Remember 2020's opening thump of eventual conference runner-up Iowa State? Knowing that, the burnt orange bovines are on upset alert, 
And with Steve Sarkeesian calling the shots in Weird Austin, don't expect the kind of drama in this Sunbelt Big 12 meetup in the capital city. The General's victor, Texas, but it'll be close. Georgia and Clemson in Charlotte. Alrighty, the best battle of college football's great comeback goes down in uptown Charlotte. Kudos to the Queen City and the good folks at the Duke's Mayo Classic for spreading this southern delicacy of deliciousness to a pair of top five rivals divided by only 74 miles between them, and they rarely get to play each other. This primetime pigskin clash on ABC will be the stuff of legend. How will the six straight ACC title holders fare in the same building they've captured those conference crowns in against the mighty SEC's ankle biters? Them silver britches are high on USC transfer JT Daniels, and he'll have to outsurf his fellow Cali signal caller DJ Ugalele if Georgia pulls this upset. Mm-mm, this is going to be stupendous. The Generals' victor, Georgia, in an instant classic. We've already looked at the weekend's biggest battles across the nation, but we're not done, y'all. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up this week's General Gridiron with our rapid-fire picks. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. This is General Gridiron back with you. We've already maneuvered through this opening weekend's frontline college football showdowns. Now it's time to fix bayonets and storm the field with our rapid-fire football forecast. Oklahoma State lassos Missouri State. SMU outpreaches Abilene Christian. Virginia survives against William & Mary. Mississippi State out-bulldogs Louisiana Tech. Washington whips Montana. BYU claws Arizona in Las Vegas. Oklahoma throttles Tulane. Arkansas steams rice. USC rides over San Jose State. Maryland talk violas West Virginia. Auburn zips past Akron. Florida A&M looks prime time against Jackson State in Miami. Texas A&M gigs Kent State. Vanderbilt sails past East Tennessee State. Southern Miss out south South Alabama. And California smokes Nevada. Well, troops, you can now put your swords back in their scabbards. We're all out of picks on this week one edition of General Gridiron. We'll be back again next week, same General Gridiron time, same General Gridiron station. So don't forget to tune us in on the radio. This is John Rawl, the General of Gridiron Glory, thanking you for letting me be a part of your weekend celebration. General Gridiron is a production of Y'all. For more, log on to y'all.com, the South's homepage. That'll be all, y'all. And thank you, General, for that very, very great observation of this opening weekend of college football. We've got one last segment left here in the opening weekend edition. It's Labor Day weekend, but more importantly for most of you, it's the start of college football across the southeast, and that's what we do here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. We spotlight Southern college football, especially this opening weekend. We'll wrap up the show right after this. Thanks for listening.
Probably going to hear a lot of that one being played inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta by the Million Dollar Band. Final segment of this, the first y'all kickoff show for 2021. Appreciate y'all tuning us in on fantastic radio stations across the Southland. Alabama and Nick Saban look to defend their national championship. They will be in Atlanta to take on the Miami Hurricanes. The Canes roll up from South Florida, ranked number 14 in the country. This game set for ABC, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on Saturday. Other top 25 matchups taking place where teams are in the top 25 on Saturday. Number three, Oklahoma. They'll be at home taking on Tulane. That's the early game on ABC. Wisconsin and Penn State have a game on Fox early on Saturday. Fresno State will be at number 11, Oregon. Pac-12 Network is the home for this one starting at 2 Eastern, 1 o'clock Central. You also have going on in college football on Saturday as far as teams in the top 25. The Bearcats of Cincinnati, a very good 2020 season, and they ride at home at Nippert Stadium against a team right up the road, one of their rivals, the Miami of Ohio Red Hawk Indians. That game set for ESPN Plus 330-230 Central. Indiana is ranked in the top 20. They'll be at another top 20 team. It's 17 Indiana and 18 Iowa from Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. This game on the Big Ten Network, 330 Eastern, 230 Central. Iowa State's got a little bit of a challenge. Number seven, Iowa State has the always pesky Northern Iowa Panthers coming in to Jack Trice Stadium. This game's going to be on ESPN Plus, 430 Eastern, 330 Central. The Texas Longhorns and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns get together for a top 25 matchup. 430 Eastern, 330, 40 acres time. This game broadcast on the Fox Network. And then as you move on Saturday afternoon, you have a game taking place in the Coliseum between the USC Trojans and San Jose State. The Spartans and Trojans, Pac-12 Network is where you'll see this one starting at 5 Eastern and 4 Central. That big Georgia-Clemson game, that one again set for ABC. That's going to be from Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. The Gators and the Owls of FAU on the SEC Network on Saturday evening. Texas A&M has got Kent State coming into town. That's an ESPNU broadcast between the Golden Flash and the Ags. Washington and Texas A&M, by the way, ranked number four entering this season. The number 20-ranked Washington Huskies and the Grizz of Montana have a game on the Pac-12 Network Saturday evening. UCLA and number 16 LSU get together on Fox from the Rose Bowl at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. And then the last top 25 AP style, at least, is Florida State and Notre Dame. They get together on ABC Sunday evening that 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Tallahassee time kickoff when Chief Osceola throws the spear into the ground. And don't forget, they'll be honoring Bobby Bowden in a big way with that game and throughout the season at Doak Campbell Stadium. Also, top 25 in the coaches' poll, the Mississippi Land Sharks and the Louisville Cardinals have that prime time game on ESPN on Monday, Labor Day night. That is a look at what's going on this opening weekend of college football. Can't thank y'all enough for being along for the ride. I'm John Rawl. Again, a podcast of the show is available at y'all.com and other great podcast options. We'll see you back here for next week. Thanks for listening. It's the 
Y'all Show, Hour 2. We have arrived at Labor Day weekend. Why don't you say we just throw a party? She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye But I knew, Lord, it was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings And the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming it back and laughing out loud With the smoke so thick the blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If we're dancing over here or fighting over And I know most of you have Monday off, so we here at the Y'all Show are trying to get y'all set up for a very long, long weekend of fun. Why don't you sing along with us? I'm looking for a party crowd, slamming them back, and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. Thank you for listening to the show about the South. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. Oh, yeah! I'm looking for a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. One more time. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. Thank you, Mr. Murphy. It is the show about the South, our number, 803-816-1170. That's a number you can text any time you are up for it. If you're up for the challenge, we are up to hear from you. You can also call that number, 803 803- 816-1170. You can go to the Y'all website, and that is Y-A-L-L.com. Y'all is the South's homepage. I am John Rawl. <clears throat> Hopefully, you all don't mind me 
getting through the singing session that we do each week here on the show. Hopefully, my voice isn't so bad it's kind of messing up on me a little bit here right now. But we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together because we're working people here on the show about the South. And us working folks, well, we have a big day coming up pretty soon. It's called Labor Day. And we get a day off with pay. And that's pretty neat. Labor Day 2021, one of our nation's big holidays, and it's a big weekend. It means a lot of things. For some, it means the start of dove season. So for all of our hunters, you might be out in a field listening to me right now. Hello and happy Labor Day weekend to you. Of course, for all the football fans of the world, they're very familiar that this is essentially the real kickoff to college football with the NFL season starting on Thursday with the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. So that's pretty exciting news, don't you think? But again, the main reason we are at this point on the calendar, it is to salute America's workforce. And I was here at this section of the show digging up, doing some research, as we always do. This is what we call our Friday free-for-all, where we Try to find some kind of tune that ties into either Southern history at this point or just a reason. We try to have a song that that means something. And and kind of looking up the biggest Labor Day songs out there, I found a song that's arguably one of the top five. It's somewhere between number nine and number five. Nine to five. It's somewhere in that category, in that range. That's the name of the song we're going to play today in honor of Labor Day 2021, the awesome song Dolly Parton had out in 1989-5, written and performed by the country music legend, and she actually wrote it for a forthcoming movie by the same name, 9 to 5. I'm sure many of you have seen that comedy. It is a great movie. In the song, the song garnered Dolly Parton an Academy Award nomination, and she got four Grammy nominations for the song 9 to 5. And she starred in the movie. She starred in it alongside Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, how about Dabney Coleman, Texas boy, VMI alum, and so many others. What a fantastic movie. I have not seen this movie probably since early 1981. It came out just before Christmas 1980 and at the box office it did really well over a hundred million on a film that was budgeted just at 10 million so she had a a blockbuster smash with this great movie nine to five that she starred in it it's like dolly starred as dora lee rhodes a secretary who is presumed to be sleeping with dabney coleman her who plays the role of mr hart in this one, Frankie Hart Jr., and she is presumed to be sleeping with him, even though she refuses his advances. Because of this, she's looked down on by most of the other women in the office, but this changes after she becomes friends with Violet and Judy. Violet, played by Lily Tomlin, and Judy, the once Atlanta, Georgia resident, Jane Fonda. Maybe, again, this one might be worth See if you can't dig it up somewhere on Netflix or perhaps Amazon. You might have to pay for it, but it's well worth it. Dolly in the movie, 9 to 5. But the song also stands out on its own. It's a song, of course, you know Dolly wrote this all by herself. And it's just done so well through the years. One of her most recognized songs and certainly one of her, her most 
fun songs, and it's even been featured in movies like Deadpool 2. You might have remembered it from that, as it was in that movie that Ryan Reynolds starred in. It's also been part of a SNL skit and more. 9 to 5, Dolly Parton. Again, one of the most recognized Labor Day songs. And here on the Y'all Show, we salute the now 75-year-old East Tennessean and the great success that she's had as a singer-songwriter. Frankly, she's an icon. And here, as we get ready for Labor Day weekend, it's only fitting that Miss Dolly gets us to the weekend with her 1980 classic, 9 to 5. Everybody enjoy. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Hell getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind Dolly Parton getting us ready for the Labor Day weekend with her 1980 classic, 9 to 5. Oh, Dora Lee, what a great job on that show, on that song, and, of course, that movie, too. Hey, speaking of that song, I just was doing some research while that was playing, and how about this? Dolly Parton has stated in interviews that when she wrote 9 to 5, she devised the clacking typewriter rhythm that you hear early in the music in the song. She came up with that idea by running her acrylic fingernails back and forth against one another. 
And that's why if you look at the breakdown of this album in the liner notes, Dolly Parton is credited as being a lead vocalist on 9 to 5, but she's got the also the role that I've never seen on any song. She's, she's listed as Nails, N-A-I-L-S. I, I guess her fingernails are part of this song. Also, got to give a shout. I've always wanted to know who the vocals were in the background that really fired up there toward the end. And those vocals are the beautiful voices of a couple of ladies, Marley McCall, Stephanie Spruill, and Denise Maynell. And those voices are the ones singing alongside Dolly that you hear, especially right there when it all kind of wraps up. Nine to five, again, played today because it is recognized as one of the best Labor Day songs. Why don't we hear it a little bit more again? All right. We'll come right back on the Y'all Show, and we're going to have Craig Faulkner deliver us a fishing forecast for the weekend. He's got dove hunting on his mind. We're going to hear from that later in the hour. It's all about the Alabama Crimson Tide, plus... Because we're going to go to Tuscaloosa. It's our last stop on our tour of colleges. We'll let you hear all about Nick Saban's 2021 schedule and what is up with the quarterback position for the Tide. Also, before the second hour of the Y'all Show is up, a quick look at movies hitting theaters this weekend. I'm not sure if there's a re-release of 9 to 5 this weekend, but it ought to be. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Make a living from walking in the woods. You can bet I'd be sitting pretty good high on a hill, looking at a field downwind. If I can make a nickel off of turning in bass, never worry about the price of gas. I'd be wheeling and dealing and sitting there reeling them in, hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays Thank God he made me this way Honey, and fishing, loving every day We cover the South here on the Y'all Show Wrapping up your week, perhaps 
Many of you traveling, big holiday weekend across the Southland, across the country, Labor Day 2021. This is John Rawl. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Perhaps you might have even more exciting plans like a football game or maybe something in the great outdoors. And speaking of the great outdoors, it's time now here on the Y'all Show, wrapping up the week for our buddy Craig Faulkner to drop by with his fishing forecast. And Craig, you got a big old smile over there on your face. I think I know what it is, but I think I have another reason for you to be smiling big. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. How are you today, John? I'm good. Why are you smiling so big? Uh, You know what? It it just feels good, fresh, and cooled off outside, and September's finally here. It is. That's why... One, number one, I thought that would be one of the reasons you got a big smile. This is a big month now that we're in September for outdoorsmen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm going on a camping trip this weekend with my grandkids. Going to do a little fishing. And uh, it's a, I hadn't seen the place yet. My daughter found it, and it's camping. But they have the tents, and to look at them, they're not tents. They have air-conditioned tents. Oh, and they're built above the ground. They've got it on top of a platform. They renovated a uh, golf course and made a campground out of it. So it's got some fishing lakes on it, too. Got a water park there. Uh, sounds like a real fun uh, trip. I'm really looking excited. And your daughter is the one that found this for She you? is. Apparently, it's a brand-new place in this area, and they hadn't done any promotion yet, but uh, that's another reason I'm going down there. Okay. <laughs> Got a double couple reasons. And what a daughter. Your daughter's got the outdoorsman bug in her? Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I, I used to take her squirrel hunting when she was little. And okay. uh, kind of got away from that after I had divorced and moved out of town. But, uh, oh, yeah, she's, she's been around it. All right. Well, that sounds like you got a fun weekend. Also, the month of September means that a lot of these seasons start opening up. So tell me what you can gather from across the South of what people can expect to have happen here September-wise. Well, the first big popular season and uh, is dove season. And uh, dove hunting can be more of a social event, in some cases, than even a hunt. And it's a fun mixture when you have both of them, um, as long as you got some shotgun shells to go with. <laughs> Which is number two reason why I thought you might be walking in here today with a big old smile on your face. We got some breaking news from Craig. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I finally got some uh, ammo for my deer rifle. (laughs) After all that looking and searching, my brother found me some online. I really didn't want to order it online. And uh, at the same time, a buddy of mine uh, went out and bought a new rifle at this gun store and the only way you could get any shells is if you bought a rifle, they'd let you buy two boxes of shells. And he picked me up a box of uh, rifle cartridges yesterday. <laughs> so, That's a good brother. you got a good daughter and a good brother, all kind of keeping their outdoors eye awake and looking out for Craig Faulkner, our fishing forecast with Craig right now. So dove hunting, what kind of preparation is needed for dove hunting? Well, dove hunting preparation is mainly the people that uh, have the field, and that's a lot of prep work. That goes back to uh, last spring when they were planting either sunflower or corn or wheat and uh, cleaning the fields up. Uh, then you got to come back and cut them and mow them and a lot of manicuring to uh, 
make it a good dove field. As far as the hunter, uh, you pretty much grab you a stool or a chair and your shotgun and uh, and your shell box and you you ready to go. You know, it's not a, not much prep for dove hunting. The hunter is the person that's uh, hosting the hunt. I see. And a lot of money goes into that too. It's, I know every state's a little different, but I assume there are limits on how many dove you can assassinate. There are, there are, there certainly are, and I believe now, I believe it's ten pretty much everywhere. Okay, uh, but you know that's a migratory bird, so it's a federal type hunt. It's oh, a is state it? hunt and it's federal regulated. Didn't know that. Now a dove hunt when you go hunting, that's when you wear your vest that's got all the things that you stick the birds in your vest is that yeah you can do that or you can just carry a bag or a, a small cooler or uh you know uh if you want to do- wear a dove vest you can certainly wear one yeah. all right one of the neat things i assume about dove hunting is that camaraderie you have with your canine american oh yeah oh yeah i think they enjoy it more than you they do, do yeah the <laughs> retrievers uh get a big kick out of it and uh of course Anybody that's got a retriever for duck hunting, uh, I'll certainly be out there for the dove hunt also. Same retriever? Uh, same retriever, yes. Okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't studied up on... You, you just got to make sure they're getting the right person's birds. Cause oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they cut loose sometimes if somebody shoots one across the field ah. and carry it back to their owner instead of the person that shot ah, Okay. <laughs> so what kind of training do you have to do with your dogs? get them ready for dove season i've actually never owned a retriever but uh, i got friends that do uh, one of them uh, comes over to his brother-in-law's uh, farm which is just down the road for me and uh, brings his retriever out there he's got a couple of lakes out there on his pond and uh, he gets to let his dog exercise you know if those are the uh, dummies out in the water and uh, dog go out there and retrieve it and uh, that's basically all the training i guess for a retriever that you need because uh, apparently they have it instinctively in them. But uh, as far as making them stop, go, go left, go right, they can go by hand signals mm-hmm. or they can go by whistles also. Ah. So if dove season kind of kicks off now that we're into the month of September, how long does this normally last in most states? Uh, most states uh, have split seasons, Ooh. which uh, – I believe the first one here is uh, about three weeks, and then then there'll be a, a gap in between that, and then it'll reopen for a couple weeks. Actually, I think there's three split seasons, so it's not open continually. Okay. But and, and there's a one real late season, but the earlier seasons are generally the best ones for dove. And most of these are only in this early part of what's going to be the fall. It, exactly. Uh, well, not exactly either, because there's one real late season. It's like uh, late December, January. Oh, in the wintertime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you said these dove, they are migratory, mm-hmm. so they don't stick around the south. Where do they go? Do they go to South America, too? They do. Or Central America, wherever yeah. they end up going? Uh, just like ducks. But they're, they're, they they Mexico, get... also, you know, yeah. Okay. All right. Talking with Craig Faulkner here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. So what kind of ammunition? We've been talking about ammo and the shortage of it. What kind of ammo is needed for a dove hunt? It's funny you say that because uh, I was at Academy Sports last Friday morning, and uh, they were unloading uh, 
cases of shotgun shells. And uh, let me back up a little bit. When I got there, they opened at 9. I got there right at 9. There was 30-plus people in line waiting on the door to open. And everybody ran straight back to the sporting goods, to the ammunition area. (laughs) (laughs) But the shells that they had were um, 12-gauge shells and uh, 7.5 shot, which is the size of the BB. But it was only one-ounce shells, so I I didn't buy any. I like one and a quarter. That's how many BBs are in a shell. Mm-hmm. But, boy, they were scooping those cases up. But So generally, uh, seven, half, eight shot. Uh, sometimes uh, some people use nine shot. Probably I'll use whatever you can buy or even find this year because it's uh, kind of tough to be selective on your uh, loads. Well, generally with hunting doves, you don't have to have the most powerful weapon to do that, right? No, no. Those shells are, those are lightweight shells, actually. Uh, If you were, uh, and I said, you know, all the way up to nine shot, that's a real small BB. If you were hunting, uh, like when I hunt turkey, I use uh, four shot. What does four shot mean? Four shot, the four and the nine or the eight are the size of the BB that's in the shell. The millimeter? Right, right. And the uh, the load or the amount of uh, gunpowder in the shell is really makes a difference, too. I was saying those were one ounce. They had one ounce of uh, gunpowder in them. I wanted one and a half ounces of gunpowder. And then you, you get with, like, turkey loads, you can get more gunpowder. You get more gunpowder and you get bigger BBs. Okay. With the lower The lower the number, the bigger the shot. Okay. But oftentimes, we know that Dick Cheney did this back 15 years ago. He went bird hunting, and I think he shot somebody, I think. And so you can get shot with bird shot, and it's not necessarily a death sentence, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I've been uh, showered with bird shot tons of times on Have dove you? hunts. You know, from a long ways off, just falling. Okay. You can hear it coming. You, oh, can you? Well, I mean, you can hear it hitting the leaves in the ground, and you, you can feel it, you know. Okay. Because, I mean, this is something that's kind of close quarters, and yeah, they're low-flying yeah. birds. And yeah, you got to be careful, yeah. got to be careful, but you're probably not going to die if you get shot by bird shot. No, no, no. But, I mean, if it hits a bad spot, it could be bad news. But Well, if anybody's shooting low birds, they get called out pretty quick. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. How do you get called out? Well, for one thing, when a low bird comes over the field, people will holler a low bird, and that uh, means don't shoot. Ah, low bird. Low bird. So if I'm out in the shopping mall parking lot and somebody pulls a gun on me, I can say low bird (laughs) and they won't shoot me? (laughs) Another thing that goes around the dove fields, because people will be spread out probably, uh, I don't know, uh, at least 50 50 yards apart. I mean, sometimes more than that. Yeah. And – and you can help your partner out. A lot of times, if you got your back to a tree line and somebody across the field sees birds coming, uh, you can shout across the field, uh, coming behind you, John. So can you really hear that well when you're out there in the yeah, open you fields? Yeah, the fields aren't that big. Dove fields aren't, I want to say, 
probably the best dove fields I've ever been on have been no more than five acres, five, six acres. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the ideal size. Now, they, there are some that are a lot bigger that you can't hear all the way across the field. Yeah. Craig, when you're out fishing, you can catch a fish, take the hook off of it, put it right back into the water. Can't do that with a dove that you shoot. So no. what what do you do with your dove? Uh, dove's pretty good table fare. Okay, so it you really take is. it home and cook them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good table fare. It's, uh, it's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. If you like uh, dark meat, you like dove. It, it's a little bit rich tasting for me, but but I can I can handle some. But uh, of course, a little wrapping a little bacon around it always helps everything. It does. Now, if dove season is uh, firing up now in September. When is quail season across the South? Quail season is going to be first weekend in November. Oh, it's like. a little later. Yeah, a little bit. And later. how much of a difference is it in the way you hunt a dove versus a quail? Uh, it's completely different. Is it? Uh, yeah. Dove field or dove hunting, you just sit down in a field <laughs> oh, really? and wait on the birds to come. Okay. Quail hunting, uh, you're hunting with dogs, and you're covering a lot, a lot of ground. Some people hunt on horseback. Uh, I've always liked just walking myself, but, uh, yeah, a quail hunt uh, – you're, you're hunting with the dogs and watching the dogs work. It's one of the biggest joys of the hunt. And going back to table fare now, wild quail is, I, I'll take wild quail over anything I could eat anywhere hmm. from any restaurant or anything. It, it's a real rich white meat. I mean, it's uh, a lot of people say lots of things taste like chicken, but it, it doesn't taste like chicken. It's uh it's a flakier, uh, richer tasting uh, meat than chicken. Really good, really good. All right. Well, I was about to take you out for a nice juicy steak after this, but uh, I can't compete with quail, so <laughs> there we have it. What else you got before we get out of here, sir, and you get off to your camping trip? Well, uh, I finished up my food plot last weekend, and my suggestion uh, for anybody else that you need to Get it in the ground, ASAP. And uh, and this is for deer hunting? It's for deer and turkey hunting next spring. I planted two varieties of uh, clover. And uh, I, hunted, I, mean, I planted in a field that I've had a uh, food plot in for about six years now, and I replenished it this year or refreshened it. And uh, so looking forward to it. Plus, it's pretty to look at. Clover is really pretty and uh all game really likes it. It's good for the turkey and the, and the birds and the rabbits and uh, the deer. And uh, it's just uh, something I've always done. But uh, now this is a food plot that perhaps a lot of the big bucks will come hang out. How do you, or do you even care, keep away these deer from ambushing this field while it's still kind of coming together? No, they. Have at it, have at it. They have at it, even yeah. when you don't really want them out there. Right, right. But there's still going to be some left yeah. over, I hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, this is a good place to dine on. And did you plant that with a tractor? Did you use a tractor to go out there? Uh, I had, uh, I sprayed it by hand first. Did you? You know, with the Roundup derivative. Uh, then uh, my brother came through and bush hogged it. And then we ran a blade over it and then came back and seeded it by hand with a planter and a handheld planter, you know. 
but because uh, it's not a big field, it's only about an acre and a half. Field. Okay. Yeah. But even in an acre and a half field, you don't have to necessarily convert that whole field into a food plot. Just no, a little, no. little section is probably all you need to draw them in there, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, this food plot is surrounded by a CRP field, and uh, it, the deer really like the uh, set-aside fields because they can, they can hide in there and come out and eat and mm. go back there in there and hide again. Mm. But... Uh, you know, you, you talk about me killing and executing these animals. I actually <laughs> care a lot about them, too. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. He's got a soft spot here. Now, that's fine. That Look, some of these animals, if not a lot of them, need to be hunted. They're out there. There's overpopulation of a lot of these uh, animals. In the area I live in, it's, it's a lot, lot fewer deer now, but it's uh, because they've been killed uh through these crop deprivation programs over the last few years, uh, deer can uh, actually ruin a bean field. I mean, they will eat the entire thing up. I know uh, every 36 of them killed this summer across the road from me in mm-hmm. one field. Golly. Of course, it's a pretty big field. but uh, And then I know some of my other neighbors down the road got different numbers, 25, 2015 deer populations took a big hit in my area this year all right craig anything fishing wise before we get out of here uh only that uh i'll have a report for you uh next week with uh what my grandkids do because we're it's gonna be my first fishing venture in a while and it's like i said this place we're going camping at is a uh renovated golf course so hopefully usually golf course has some pretty good ponds on them so hopefully kids will uh, catch a bunch of them we have some good cool weather coming and uh, fall's on its way it's, uh, my favorite time of the year all right so it's a good fishing and hunting forecast for the weekend craig thank you very much thank you john more of the y'all show talk with a southern accent continues after this If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. 
The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The South and college football have enjoyed a love affair for more than 150 years. And the Y'all Show is getting y'all ready for the biggest year college football's ever had. We're on a 44-city tour of Dixie's great college football teams. John Rawl is getting you ready when the toe meets leather Labor Day weekend. So get your chin strap on and get ready for today's Southern College Football Tour stop. Here's Johnny. And on our final tour stop, we've been all over the map over the last two months getting you ready for the start of college football. We started out in Birmingham. UAB was our first school. And we're wrapping up our tour of the South in Tuscaloosa. UAT is our featured school as we wrap it up. That would be the University of Alabama and its Tuscaloosa campus. The legendary Crimson Tide. And we're going to walk through the schedule for Nick Saban's team, tell you more about his starting QB and more. But right now, the sounds of the Million Dollar Band roll tide. All right, how about that? If that doesn't get you ready for college football, I'm not sure what will. And the Crimson Tide are going to be ready for that song and a whole lot more. They are in Atlanta as we speak, as the Crimson Tide season opener is Saturday afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's the Crimson Tide, ranked number one in the country, and for many of you, ranked number one in your hearts, the Tide and the Miami Hurricanes getting together. And this is going to be a big game on ABC, the Chick-fil-A kickoff, and it will be starting off at 3.30 Atlanta time, 2.30 quad time on the Alabama campus. The Tide return home for the season opener. The Mercer Bears come over from Macon, Georgia. The SoCon team is Alabama's home opener at Bryant-Denny. And that game set for a 4 Eastern, 3 Central start on September 11th. The Tide jump into heavy SEC play. They're in the swamp for the first time in a long time as the Gators host the Crimson Tide, that's the CBS opener for SEC football this year, and it's the Crimson Tide's SEC opener. That game set for mid-afternoon on September 18th. A team that has given the Crimson Tide fits through the decades, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. They fly over from Hattiesburg, and they're the opponent on September 25th at Bryant-Denny Stadium. BDS also welcomes in another team from the other side of the state line as the Mississippi Land Sharks are the October 2nd opponent and the first SEC home game for the Crimson Tide. The Tide pack up their bags and head over to Aggieland. Big game here as a top 10 Texas A&M team welcomes in Alabama to College Station October 9th, the date of that one. 
the Highway 82 rivalry renewed. It's Mississippi State welcoming in the Tide October 16th. The Tide hosts the Tennessee Vols, the third Saturday of October rivalry. That's set for October 23rd. LSU comes to town November 6th. The Aggies of New Mexico State are the opponent in T-Town on the 13th of November. And then kind of wrapping things up, final home game for the Tide will be against the Arkansas Razorbacks on November 20th. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, the Iron Bowl is back as the Tide will be on the Plains of Auburn for a game at Jordan-Hare Stadium. The Crimson Tide have named Bryce Young their starting quarterback for the new season. He's already made a million dollars off of his name, image, likeness, likeness deals. The Pasadena, California native, who is a sophomore at the Crimson Tide, got some limited action in 2020. You might remember him playing in a couple of games, Auburn, Arkansas. He entered late in the fourth quarter in the Texas A&M game. He's been given the reins. Number nine is the Crimson Tide's new quarterback for the 2021 season, and he follows what Mac Jones did in 2020, leading this team to a national championship, and Mac Jones nearly won the Heisman Trophy. Another Alabama player did win the Heisman Trophy, of course, in 2020 from that same offense, by the way. Nick Saban, he is 69 years old. He'll be turning 70 on October 31st, Halloween. Peekaboo, who, boo, boo, (laughs) Nick Saban. The former Kent State uh, defensive back, he did not play quarterback, he's a defensive back in college, who's been, of course, the head coach at Michigan State, at LSU, went to the Dolphins for a bit, and now since 2007 has guided the Crimson Tide, and he has won in his career seven national championships. This is, without a doubt, the greatest college football coach we've ever seen, and the job he's done at Tuscaloosa has been nothing short of amazing. Again, this college, the University of Alabama, nothing short of amazing. With their multiple national championships, they currently claim 18, and I can't go through all of them, but just in the Nick Saban era, they've won 2009, 11, 12, 15, 17, and then in 2020, 18 claimed national titles, and that goes along with about 28 SEC titles. They also won four when they were members of the Southern Conference. The Crimson Tide and its many fans, its many great players, and what a fantastic, fantastic addition they are to the South, to college football with legendary coaches like Bear Bryant. Gene Stallings won a national championship and just so much of the history that goes on. I mean, this has been a thing at Alabama for a long time. Wallace Wade did amazing work took them to a Rose Bowl and more. This is not a startup program at Alabama, and that's why they are, without a doubt, I think the the number one football program in all of college football. And here this year, Alabama is gunning for another natty, and who's going to stop them? I I, I think Texas A&M is going to give them a little bit of a challenge, especially having that game in Aggieland. But for the most part, Nick Saban, the man knows how to coach, I'm sure he'll have his tide ready no matter the opponent, no matter the date. And Crimson Tide fans, you got a whole lot to be excited about for 2021. And that's why today we have saved Crimson Tide fans. We've saved our last stop on our tour across the South, our final stop, stop number 44 at the Capstone as the Crimson Tide of Alabama, you're wrapping it up for us here 
home to y'all show. We're going to tell you hour three more about some of the great alumni of Alabama and the traditions that you'll find at Bryant-Denny Stadium and around the Capstone. That's coming up hour three. When the Y'all Show continues, we will wrap up this second hour with a quick look at some of the movies hitting theaters. I'm John Rawl, and you're listening to the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Roll tight. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Going to wrap up this second hour with a quick look at some movies. We got nearly 10 movies arriving in select theaters across the Southeast. Up first, the action adventure film. It looks like it could be a foreign language film, so be advised. It's called Shang Chai and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's out this Labor Day weekend. Also, the horror movie We Need to Do Something. It's available this weekend. The Gateway is in limited form. It's out this weekend. Frank Grillo, one of the stars of this one, as well as Olivia Munn, Aaron Rodgers' old girlfriend. The Gateway out this weekend. Good is out. Keith David. I love that guy. He is one of the stars of this drama. Good in the theaters this weekend. Zone 414. Andrew Beard has directed this one, and it is out. It's a sci-fi thriller. Karen, a drama thriller out this weekend. Taryn Manning, one of the stars of this one. Yakuza Princess is out as well. And that stars Jonathan Reese Myers as one of the stars of this thriller. Wild Indian, available this weekend. And that has Colton Noss as one of the stars of this thriller. And lastly, We Need to Do Something, a horror film. And that's got Pat Healy as well as Sierra McCormick starring in it. And that's a look at some of the theaters at the box office and also streaming as well in some cases this Labor Day weekend. That wraps up Hour 2. Stay tuned. We've got a quick look at some Major League Baseball action and who's on the diamond this weekend. Plus, we'll also Hour 3 tell you more about the University of Alabama, some famous alums, and all of those Crimson Tide game day traditions. That's coming up as the Y'all Show Talk with an accent about the South on a Labor Day weekend continues. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural references only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Final hour here as we put a great week of production in the books. You know, I think we're going to reward ourselves. We're going to take Monday off. And why don't you take off Monday, too? Why don't the whole country take the day off? Okay, we will. It's Labor Day Monday. And we hope you got big Labor Day weekend plans, whatever that might be. Have a fantastic visit with your family, your friends. Heck, some of you might just miss your coworkers so much you got to get together, even on a day you're not supposed to. Labor Day 2021. 20, 20, All right. Here in this final hour, wrapping up our week, we have some sports news, Major League Baseball. I'll walk through who all is going to be on the diamond this weekend because that could be a great Labor Day festivity for you and yours to do in addition to mixing in some football games. All that's coming up. Plus, later this hour, we're going to tell you more about the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'll discuss the traditions at the Capstone Also, we'll tell you about some of the famous alumni of Bama. That's all coming up here in this third and final hour of our Y'all Show. Plus, we will be walking through some of the many activities going on across the southeast here this Labor Day weekend. We've got festivals. We've got special Labor Day-related gatherings, if you will. Unfortunately, Bonnaroo just got canceled. That was going to bring in about 80,000 music fans into Manchester, Tennessee with some big acts lined up there. That, because of Hurricane Ida and the rainfall, caused so much problems out where they were going to have this big concert that they just couldn't figure out a way to make it happen here at the last second. So Bonnaroo 2021 canceled because of Hurricane Ida, which, again, We haven't necessarily covered a bunch of news today, but our thoughts certainly with all those affected by this storm that's passed through this week. And I know we lost a handful of people in the south, but it looks like the northeast really got sucker punched by Hurricane Ida with all of the flooding and more that came from it. So just want to put that out there here as we start a Labor Day weekend. 803-816-1170. That is how you can get in touch with the show that truly is the South Show. Also, you can find us. Our website is y'all.com. And at y'all.com, we continuously put up great information that I think every single Southerner would, would enjoy. I'll go on a limb and even say I'm pretty sure the people who aren't from the South would enjoy almost every single item we've got up there at y'all.com. Here is a little preview. We're going to have over the weekend a brand new edition of Tricks of the Trade, and that is an incredible home improvement show that if you've never had a chance to watch it, please go to y'all.com. We video that great show that John Allen and Jimmy do coast each week, and you don't have to have a southern accent to learn and enjoy what those two guys do each week when they get together for Tricks of the Trade. It truly is 
informative and extremely entertaining so check that out tricks of the trade that's up at y'all we also have a great story about colleges in the south and some very prestigious colleges for maybe your little one to consider going to one day or maybe even you consider going to one day that's posted right now at the home page of the south so we we're continuously adding stuff and the y'all show our podcast is available right there at y'all.com we have our own section it's called y'all show and that's worth a listen and don't forget if you miss us on one of our incredibly awesome radio stations or if you have to step away for a minute and you want to go back and hear what we said hey we've got podcasts of this show available absolutely free all you've got to do is go to y'all.com, and you, you'll see the player there under the Y'all Show heading. But we also are available on Spotify. We're on the TuneIn app, the, the iHeartRadio app. We're there. And we're also on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. So we make it extremely user-friendly for you to kind of keep up with all things Southern right here on the show that's all about the South. Well, a look at the calendar shows that we are now in the month of September. And that means we're winding down Major League Baseball. There's a lot of teams jockeying for positions right now to try to get into the postseason with this last month of play left. I'll go through this Labor Day weekend's series for you so you can set your TVs and and get your friends over and maybe watch a little baseball while you're outside in the backyard grilling. But right now, an article posted at ESPN.com about the predictions for September, the playoff race predictions, as well as MVP and Cy Young Awards. I think I know who the MVP is going to be. I don't think that's too hard to guess at this point. But according to this article up at ESPN.com, they have a question. Which team currently in our very close to the playoff field is most likely to miss out? And those teams going from both the NL and AL are the Reds, Red Sox, Padres, A's, and Yankees. And they've got the Reds as the most likely team to miss out on the playoffs. And just below the Reds come the Red Sox. The Padres and the A's are right on the cusp of making the playoffs according to this article. And the Yankees, it looks like they're a heartbeat away from clinching. A question also asked in this article, who will finish the regular season with more wins, the Giants or the Dodgers, and how many W's for each? And according to this article, they predict that the Dodgers are going to have a little bit more. A little bit more people predict the Dodgers will just get past the Giants. I mean, what a race it's been in the NL West this year with the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers all battling back and forth and then if the nl west wasn't exciting enough for you how about the al east with the tampa bay rays they still have a a a lead in that division but man it's been kind of close with them and the yankees all of a sudden catching fire and it's been some good baseball being played another article they've got up or question at this article the 2021 world series matchup will be and according to their panel I'm sure they've got all their Major League Baseball gurus in on this article. They've got the White Sox as the most likely AL representative, followed by the Astros, Rays, and Yankees. As far as the National League, their prediction of who the World Series matchup will be, 
They've got the Blue Crew, the Dodgers, as the most likely team, followed by the Giants, then the Brewers as the most likely representative for the NL, the senior circuit, I believe, is what some people call it, in the World Series, the Fall Classic. So, again, it is crunch time in Major League Baseball. I was looking at the standings. I'll go ahead and share with you how competitive it truly is right now in Major League Baseball with these standings. If you look at the AL East, the as a, as we sit here today, as we are gathered today, friends, the Rays have a six-and-a-half game edge over the Yankees in the AL East, but the Red Sox are still in contention. The central of the AL looks like the White Sox should be able to coast to victory and capture that pennant for the central division. And then in the NL West, it's still competitive there with the Mariners, A's, and Astros all jockeying for a chance. Right now, the Astros do enjoy a a four-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. Then we get to that crazy National League East, and you've got three teams vying for the crown of the NL East, the Mets, Phillies, and Braves. The Mets have had that lead most of the season in that division, but they kind of relinquished it about three weeks ago. The Braves have actually been on top for a while, but the Phillies are all of a sudden catching fire. The Phillies right now enjoy a six-game win streak. The Mets are on a four-game win streak. The Braves, they have an edge right now of only two games over the Phillies, the Braves with a 71-62 mark. The Phils with a 69-64 mark. It's going to be some great games going forward the rest of September before we crown a winner of the NL East. And then we get to that NL Central. The Brew Crew, they should be able to coast on home with a crown as they have an 82-53 and mark. That's 10 games on top of Cincinnati as we speak. The Cardinals... They barely have a pulse, let's be honest. 68-64, they're 12.5 back of the Brewers at this point. Cubs and Pirates, go ahead and make your plans for 2022. And then we get to that NL West, and right now as we speak, technically the Giants and Dodgers are netted on top together. They have the identical record of 85-49. and And then the Padres, they are back behind them but the Padres although they're 14 back of the Dodgers and the Giants they have a great overall record and that's why because of their 71 wins they're going to be in a race even if they don't capture the division crown the Padres with 71 wins as we speak the Reds who aren't likely going to get the central crown because of their win total with 72 they've got a great chance of getting that wild card bid. And that's why it looks like if you're not a winner of the NL East, if you don't win that, it's going to be very tough to get a wild card because especially looking over there at what's going on in the NL West, you know that both the Giants and Dodgers are going to be battling to the end. And they're going to both be getting over probably 100 games to their credit, victorious wins uh, wins here this year. And that, that only leaves a spot or two for a wild card berth. So baseball getting exciting here now that we're in the month of September. And then the question that ESPN also asked is the AL and NL MVPs will be, it was unanimous in the American League, MVP from that league, Shohei Otani, the best player in baseball as we speak. 
And then for the National League, they've got Fernando Tatis as the most likely MVP from the senior circuit. So that, again, is just some of the observations. That Padre player has been so good in so many facets of the game. The Dominican is really, really coming on strong here, and that's why he's listed as the likely NL MVP heading into the end of September here when some of that award starts popping up. As far as the schedule for this Labor Day weekend, who's playing who? Pirates will be taking on the Cubs. Orioles and the Yankees get together. Mets and Nationals. Athletics will be in Toronto. The Indians and the Red Sox get together at Fenway. The Tigers and the Reds also are having a series this weekend. You have the Twins and Rays getting together at Tropicana Field. Phillies and Marlins getting together off the beach in Miami. The Sox of Chicago will be in KC to take on the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Cardinals and Brewers get together at American Family Field. Braves will be Rocky Mountain High. They'll be at Coors Field to take on Colorado. Rangers will be taking on Shohei Otani. He's the starter here on this Friday matchup between the Rangers and Angels from Angels Stadium. Also, D-backs and Mariners, Giants, Dodgers this weekend from Oracle Park in San Francisco, Astros and Padres in an interleague matchup this weekend from Petco Park. Also going on this weekend, it is the Tour Championship on the PGA Tour. I've got a breakdown of just how much the winners and losers, and I don't think you can be a loser if you walk away with over a million dollars, and that's what a lot of people are going to be doing when this thing wraps on Sunday at Eastlake. If you win the Tour Championship in Atlanta, you get $15 million. The golfer that comes in second gets $5 million. If you're a third-place finisher, you get $4 million big ones. If you're the fourth-place finisher, $3 million headed your way. If you finish fifth, it's $2.5 million. Sixth place finish, $1.9 million. Seventh place, $1.3 million. Eighth place, $1.1 million. And then, sadly, if you finish ninth, it's only $950,000 added to your bank account. And it goes down from there. If you finish dead last in this tournament this weekend, if you finish 30th, you get $395,000 as your bonus for being part of the Tour Championship as the FedEx Cup winds down this weekend. And a lot of players in contention from your John Roms. You also have to watch out for someone like your defending champion, Dustin Johnson. He knows that Eastlake course oh so well. And then Patrick Cantlay entered the weekend atop the standings because he just won the BMW Championship in Baltimore this past weekend. So golf's final big PGA Tour stop this weekend in Atlanta at Eastlake. And that can be some of your fun this weekend while you're surfing with your VCR and your remote in hand. You can check out some of the fun coming from Eastlake in Atlanta as the PGA Tour 2021 comes to an end. And then it's Ryder Cup time as they get ready for that event coming up in just a couple of weeks. When the Y'all Show continues just after the break, we're going to take you back to Tuscaloosa. We're going to discuss the University of Alabama. What the heck is the University of Alabama? I've got the answer to that. Plus, we'll tell you about some of the great alums of Alabama 
and the traditions of Bama. All that is ahead as the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Exit continues. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans, but in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. The Y'all Show is on the road and stopping by 44 of the South's great college football towns as we get y'all ready for the start of the 2021 college football season. Tailgates, traditions, fight songs. Can you feel the excitement? Here's Y'all Show host John Rawl to fire y'all up with today's great Southern College Football Showcase. And as we wrap up our tour, this being our 44th stop, I want to thank Jimmy Duke for that great intro that he's been offering here for the last two months as we've been on this tour. Been all over the South, and it's been a lot of fun telling you about the teams, the coaches, the players, and the many traditions of each one of these 44 colleges. Also, we have told you about the famous alumni of these schools. Been a fun, fun ride. We did this to get you ready for the start of college football. And the start is well underway. Whoo, man. I don't know if about you. I stayed up late on Thursday night watching some great games. And there were some great comebacks. How about, I know we're talking about Alabama right now, but how about UCF and its new coach, Gus Malzahn, as the Knights roared back from a bunch of points down and got a big win over Boise State. That game played in Orlando. That was fantastic. You had a couple of upsets from a FCS standpoint. How about UC Davis going into Tulsa and shocking the Golden Hurricane? Way to go, Aggies. How also from that same conference, the Big Sky Conference, you had Eastern Washington, the Eagles, went down to Vegas, and they rolled the dice, and they got an overtime victory right there at Allegiant Stadium and beat the UNLV Rebels. 
pretty big deal. And that's why we love college football. That's why it's such a special thing. You truly can have a David Goliath type thing happen. You truly can have 100,000 people in the stands cheering for you. And that's what you see in college football. And that's definitely what you see at Bryant-Denny Stadium and what happens at Alabama. The Crimson Tide, our final stop on our tour across the southeast. And what a way to wrap up. The defending national champions. We, in hour two, told you about the schedule, about Bryce Young, the youngster, the sophomore, number nine, taking over the role as starting quarterback for Nick Saban's offense. Go back, listen to that, get you ready. The primer, the Tide and Miami, they get things going on this 2021 season as they have a game kicking off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, and that's televised on ABC on Saturday. The Crimson Tide represent the University of Alabama, a public research university located in Tuscaloosa. When it was created back in 1820, Tuscaloosa was actually the state capital of Alabama. And one of the coolest things, you can still see sort of the remnants of that original capitol building if you get to that special little park just to the west of downtown Tuscaloosa they still have that park, and it's pretty neat to see. So the capital ultimately moved on to Montgomery, but the state university remained in Tuscaloosa. And today, that state university has a whole bunch of students. Nearly 38,000 attend the University of Alabama with just about 32,000 undergraduates and another 6,000 postgraduate students at Alabama. The university currently under the direction of Stuart R. Bell, the 29th president of the university. He was named that back in 2015, a native Texan who got his degree from Texas A&M, but now leading the University of Alabama. How about the famous alumni of Bama? I've got a whole bunch to sort through, so bear with me. I don't want to leave anybody out. But we'll start with some of the most famous alumni from arts, the world of arts. How about Gay Talese? Are you familiar with him? The writer, journalist for the New York Times and Esquire magazine. And he wrote about Joe DiMaggio, Frank Sinatra, more. And Gay Talese is one of the most famous alums. And Gay Talese is 89 years old. What's kind of amazing about him is he grew up around New Jersey, New York. I don't know how in the world he ended up at Alabama to go to college, but he did, and he's been a very loyal Crimson Tide guy his whole life. Also, from the world of arts and entertainment, those who have gone on to the University of Alabama, of course, Forrest Gump author, the late Winston Groom, was a great Alabama alum, and man, Forrest Gump, of course, he mixed in a little... Crimson Tide right there with that movie, and that was uh, just an instant classic. How about author Michelle Redmond? She is a Crimson Tide alum. The Pulitzer Prize-winning To Kill a Mockingbird author Harper Lee, a Crimson Tide alum. In the world of business, you have 
bunches of great alumni from the University of Alabama, including the chairman, president, and CEO of Lockheed Martin. Marilyn Houston is a Crimson Tide, the creator of the sweatshirt uh, and president of Russell Manufacturing, Benjamin Russell. You know, that thing was located primarily around Auburn, of all places, but Benjamin Russell was a graduate of the University of Alabama. And he, how about that, created the sweatshirt. And that's how Russell Manufacturing got to be such a big company, I, I assume there. The former CEO of Price Waterhouse Coopers, Samuel D. Piazza, a Crimson Tide alumnus. And then in the world of entertainment and acting and more, you have Ashley Crow. Are y'all familiar with her? She was on Heroes, played the role of Sandra Bennett on that show. She is a Crimson Tide alumnus. About the late Jim Neighbors. Well, go away. Jim Neighbors studied at the University of Alabama. That would be Gomer Powell. And, of course, you probably know him from the Andy Griffith Show as well. And then the classy actress, the Meridian, Mississippi native, what a beauty. Sela Ward, former Crimson Tide cheerleader. She had the role on Sisters. She's played in so many great movies. I know she played the role of Harrison Ford's wife in that movie where he goes, I did not kill my wife, The Fugitive. Great movie there. Sela Ward, a Crimson Tide alum. Lots and lots of politicians have called the Capstone home. And, of course, some of those are not necessarily the kind of people that Alabama wants to go out and promote every chance they get. People like, let's say, uh, George Wallace, governor of Alabama, a couple different times, Crimson Tide alum. Also, you have an alum of that school, Bob Riley, a former governor, two-term governor of Alabama, the senator from a few years ago, one-term senator who filled in a role after Jeff Sessions got elected or got picked to be the FBI head, or attorney general, rather. Doug Jones, the Democrat, is an Alabama alum. And I mentioned Sessions, of course. He also is a alumnus of the law school there. Richard Shelby, a Alabama alum and senator, the former Democratic governor of the state, Don Siegelman. Howell Heflin, who was a U.S. senator from Alabama for many, many, many years, an Alabama alum, former Supreme Court justice, one of the first from the Deep South after the Civil War, Hugo Black, a Alabama alumnus. So they've got lots and lots of power players in the world of politics. How about in the world of what I'm doing here, talking on the radio and talking in in, in media and more? Mel Allen, great baseball guy, Sportscaster for the Yankees was an Alabama Crimson Tide guy. Reese Davis is an Alabama guy. You see him on ESPN all the time. You also have an Alabama alum and Joe Scarborough, the host of Morning Joe on MSNBC and a former congressman from Georgia. How about Jan Crawford? She grew up in Morgan County, North Alabama. She ended up becoming like a, a lawyer and ended up becoming a journalist on the legal profession. She's been a Supreme Court reporter for a long, long time. Jan Crawford, Alabama alum. And then, working for CNN these days, you've got Caitlin Collins, White House correspondent. She is an Alabama 
alumnus. Then you have in the world of sports, my goodness, I could go on all day about all their football players, Bart Starr, Julio Jones. You got Eddie Lacy, Mark Ingram, the first Alabama player to ever win a Heisman back in 2009. You have the great Joe Namath. How about Sean Alexander, the Kentucky kid who played for the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. Great Alabama player back in the 1990s. So many have starred for the Alabama Crimson Tide through the years. In fact, sadly, there was some news that came out on Thursday of two former Crimson Tide players that have passed away. I'm going to try to dig that up here if if that's easily accessed. One player played for them back in the 60s. The other one evidently died of an overdose, and that was reported on Thursday. If you tuned into the Y'all Show, we told you all about it. But, of course, with all of the many players who've come out of that program, it is stunning the people. Keith McCants was the former 1980s Bama player who died of a suspected overdose who, after Alabama played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and other teams back in the uh, 1990s and then, honestly, drug problems are why he got out of coaching or out of playing in the 1990s and has, just like so many people with addiction problems, has battled that through the years. And, unfortunately, it looks like this week it got the best of him with his sudden death. I don't have the name of that 1960s player that passed away, but so many great players from the Alabama football program. Then you got the other sports there at Alabama. Oh, I should have mentioned Dabo Swinney, although he wasn't an All-American at Bama. I think he's done pretty well on the coaching side of things. From the world of baseball, how about some great Alabama players who've gone on and played in Major League Baseball? Andy Phillips was a first baseman for the Pirates. You also have Tommy Hunter, a Phillies pitcher at one time. Then you have Dell Pratt, who played for the great St. Louis Browns. <laughs> That's going way back here. And let's see, one other one, guy that played left field for the Indians and Cubs, Riggs Stevenson. Then in the world of golf, Justin Thomas, one of the best golfers going these days, a Alabama Crimson Tide alum, as well as Jerry Pate, a PGA Tour and Champions Tour player and a U.S. Open winner, Jerry Pate, a Crimson Tide great. So that is just kind of a listing of all the many great alums of the University of Alabama. And here at the Y'all Show, we are very happy to tell you about them because here on this show, we're all about the South. Now, what about the traditions? If you go to a Crimson Tide football game, basketball game, whatever the case may be, oh, it's such a joy. And it's really kind of an easy thing to do. I went to a game just two years ago at Bryant-Denny. You can park downtown. It didn't cost me a dime. It's about a 10-minute walk. You can get cheap tickets. If you are one of these diehard Crimson Tide fans who've never seen a game, that's on you. (laughs) It's pretty easy to go to and it's a lot of fun and one of the great things about going to an Alabama game is the people watching the people who probably never got out of high school but boy they're the world's biggest Alabama Crimson Tide fans that's something to see when you go there and most everybody decked out in crimson and white 
Since 1894, that has been the school's colors. And it was established by the student newspaper, the Crimson White. And that's where the name came from. The football team got its name, its unusual name of Crimson Tide. It was first known as the Thin Red Line or the Crimson White. As the story goes, that changed in a game in 1907 when the Bama when Bama went to Birmingham to play Auburn. Birmingham's soil turned the sea of red mud, which stained Alabama's white jerseys. The team fought Auburn to a tie that day, and a sports editor at the Birmingham Age Herald is supposed to have said the team played like a crimson tide, and the name's been around ever since. The fight song, Yay Alabama, a big part of Crimson Tide lore. Then you have Big Al and the whole elephant thing that's part of the Crimson Tide's tradition. And that goes back to 1930 when a writer for the Atlanta Journal wrote upon the shock of seeing the immense size of Wallace Wade's players when they went on the field for a game against Ole Miss. And he wrote, it was the first time that I had seen it, and the size of the entire 11 nearly knocked me cold. Men that I had seen play last year looking like they had nearly doubled in size. A fan is supposed to have yelled out, hold your horses, the elephants are coming. And this sports writer and other sports writers adopted the moniker, the Red Elephants, for the Crimson Wearing Team While the elephant quickly became a team symbol, it was not until the 1979 Sugar Bowl that the official costume elephant elephant mascot, Big Al, made his debut and has been at Alabama ever since. Now, you've probably heard me a couple times call Alabama the capstone. Now, why is that? Shortly after Dr. George H. Denny became president at Alabama in 1912, he began referring to the school as the state's capstone of higher education. As President Denny was a strong believer in the power of supportive relationships between all levels of schooling, and he viewed the University of Alabama as the top of an educational edifice that began with elementary and high schools across the state and reached all the way to the Tuscaloosa campus. Now, something tells me that word capstone probably doesn't go over all that well at another school on the east end of the state. But the Crimson Tide, they got so many traditions, so many great venues, the barbecue, Dreamland right there, and and just just a cool town in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And that's why today we have been very honored to talk about Crimson Tide Athletics and wrap up our tour across the South in Tuscaloosa. The number one team in college football is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And it's been a lot of fun wrapping up in T-Town today. When the Y'all Show returns, we're going to start wrapping up this Friday edition. We're going to take a look at some great festivals taking place across this Labor Day weekend. That is ahead on Talk With Us Southern Accent. Roll Tide Roll! Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. 
For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Mm-hmm. Y'all talk about stingy women. Y'all ain't got no stingy women. We're back wrapping and things up here on a Friday, getting you ready for Labor Day weekend. I'm John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, and hope you have big plans for Labor Day. By the way, we are off the air on Monday for Labor Day. We will be back on the air Tuesday with the whole rest of your week of great shows about the South. So just a little programming note on this, the show about the South. And, of course, we will be working our way next week up until next Friday. Hey, on Fridays on the Y'all Show during college football season, we have the Y'all Kickoff Show, Hour 1, and then the other two hours are great conversation about the South as we do every day here on this show, except for Labor Day when we're not on the air. Please forgive us we're going to kind of wrap things up here for the week telling you about some great festivals here on this labor day weekend and you might want to head over to the natural state boy they got some great festivals i'm gonna tell you about three of them going on this labor day weekend in the north shore park of north little rock this weekend it's the 2021 arkansas reggae festival that's saturday most of the afternoon and evening Check out some reggae right there at North Shore Park. And in Helena, West Helena, right on the Mississippi River in eastern Arkansas in the Delta portion of the state, this weekend it is the 2021 Legendary Blues Festival that's going on in Helena, Arkansas. And then lastly, in Van Buren this weekend. Ooh, I'm canceling my plans. And I'm heading to Van Buren because this weekend at Old Town Van Buren, it is the Downtown Junk Fest. Fred Sanford, where are you? <laughs> the Downtown Junk Fest going on this very weekend, and that's going on in Van Buren, Arkansas. This weekend in the state of Florida, Port St. Joe, not all that far from Panama City, this weekend, it's the Florida Scallop Music and Arts Festival going on at George Core Park. In Apopka, Florida, this weekend, the Heart and Soul Music Festival. So check out a little scallops and some great music in the Sunshine State this weekend if you can make your way down for the fun in the Sunshine State. This weekend in Atlanta, it's the Atlanta Jazz Festival that's taking place right in the heart of the city on Monroe Drive. 
Also in Noonan, Georgia this weekend, going on both Saturday and Sunday at Greenville Street Park, it's the Filinor Life Labor Day Weekend Festival. That is going on. Oh, also want to let you know, in Blairsville, Georgia this weekend, at the Mountain Life Museum, it's the Mountain Heritage Festival, and that's taking place this weekend in Blairsville, right on the North Carolina line in North Georgia. Paducah, Kentucky, they've been promoting the heck out of this to their credit. I hope it all goes well. Touchdowns and Tunes Tailgate Party. That's at Carson Park. That's going to be Saturday in Paducah. Lots of big-time country music artists will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun in Paducah right on the Ohio River. In Winchester, Kentucky, on Saturday and Sunday, it's the Daniel Boone Pioneer Festival. That's going on there in that state this weekend. In the state of Mississippi this weekend, if you want to make your way to the Magnolia State, I'm sure they would love a visit. This area here got a little messed up from the hurricane earlier in the week, but I think they've been able to clean out most of the debris in Kiln, Mississippi, at the Hancock County Fairgrounds. Head on down to Brett Favre's hometown this weekend in Kiln. It's the Labor Day weekend Country Music Festival. That sounds like a a lot of fun. I want to know who all is going to be there at the country music. Let's see, music events by DJ T-Swan. And uh, I'm clicking on a link. Maybe maybe Brett Favre's going to get up there and do a little singing or more. I, I don't have the whole lineup, but there. And Kiln, again, this weekend, you can check that out. Also, in the northeast corner of the state, it's the Iuka Heritage Festival that takes place throughout the weekend in Iuka, Mississippi. This weekend, in the state of South Carolina, if you want to head there to the Palmetto State, what's going on? in Chapin, in the north end of Lexington County on Lake Murray, Chapin has its Chapin Labor Day Festival taking place this weekend. This goes all the way through Monday. That sounds extremely exciting. Great place. And if you go to Chapin, make sure you check out the Zesto Hamburger Ice Cream Place right there on the main drag. Delicious food for sure. Also, want to let you know what's going on in the state of Tennessee this weekend. And one of the things worth checking out, the Delta Fair Bike Night. That's in Memphis. That's at the Delta Fair and Music Festival, and that's going on for several days. The Delta Fair, and, and they've got a bike night, but specifically they got a whole like good old Southern Fair going on in Memphis, right there east of Memphis, more like uh, around... Uh, Germantown, Cordova area is where you'll find the Delta Fairgrounds and the at the Agri Center. So that's where that's actually where it is. The Delta Fair going on in the in the city of Memphis and in that area of Shelby County this weekend. And lastly, we'll wrap it up in the state of Texas. What's going on in good old Texas this weekend? The Texas Street Festival taking place in Mercedes, Texas this weekend, and also in the Lone Star State. How about this? in Mount Pleasant, Texas. This is going on for a little while, going all the way through the 26th of September, but it starts this weekend. The Canterbury Renaissance Festival of Northeast Texas in Mount Pleasant, Texas. And that is some of the fun there in the Lone Star State and throughout Labor Day weekend and more. Here on the Y'all Show, we encourage you to get out, see your fellow South, see your fellow Southerners, and have a tremendous opportunity this week, Labor Day weekend to enjoy what the good Lord's given us here in Dixie. We're going to wrap the y'all show up. 
right after this break. Thank you for tuning in on great stations and on our podcast options as well. Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, and at y'all.com. We're coming right back. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic vitamins and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Wrapping up y'all here for the week, getting you ready for Labor Day weekend. Found this article, thought it'd be worth mentioning a few, some surprising stats about Labor Day. Labor Day competes with the 4th of July and Memorial Day in terms of barbecue consumption. According to umbell.com, more beef is consumed on Memorial Day than any other day of the year. Labor Day and the 4th of July are generally in a tie for second place. Roughly 40% of Americans plan to barbecue over Labor Day weekend. Labor Day is also a day for dogs, hot dogs. In addition to the unofficial end of summer, Labor Day is considered the end of hot dog season, according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Between Memorial Day and Labor Day, Americans eat about 7 billion hot dogs each year. I guess they didn't go by and ask Joey Chestnut how many he's consumed lately. Also, what a great way to wrap up this information about Labor Day. Waffles, the first Waffle House opened on Labor Day. The breakfast chain based out of Atlanta, its first restaurant opened in 1955 in Avondale Estates, Georgia, just outside of downtown Atlanta. According to WaffleHouse.com, today there are more than 2,500 locations in 25 states across the U.S. and its headquarters for Waffle House located in Gwinnett County, Georgia, near Norcross. And the founder of Waffle House, one of them, I think Mr. Rogers, a native of Jackson, Tennessee. Well, that will wrap up Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. Thank you for listening. We will be back Tuesday, taking Monday off. Thank you for listening to the show about the South. Y'all.com is our website. Have a great Labor Day. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. 
Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray-black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.